ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನಶಲಾಕಾಯ philosophical learning and we're here in Manipal which is uh, a center of learning modern useless information about the world in which people become puffed up thinking themselves very learned and go on to waste their lives in useless activities which are no ultimate benefit to them or anyone else. Now you might think, well that's quite a strong statement. But if we consider philosophically, we can understand that it's correct. In Manipal there's no discussion, in all these so-called educational institutions, there's no discussion of philosophy, it's just work hard, get a degree, and a degree is uh, a passport to go on working hard throughout your life and die in illusion. Same illusion that you were born. So philosophy means to But what is philosophy? Philosophy means love of truth, or ultimately that means to understand reality. So what is reality? Tattva, Tattva Gyan. Philosophy that sometimes Tattva Gyan, this term is given, is translated as philosophy, knowledge of the Tattva, or the thatness, the essence. Philosophy is concerned with the nature of reality. What is reality? There are various philosophies in the world. Are there various realities? Well, some people would say like that. It's a popular philosophy, so-called philosophy, that reality is what you make it. In one sense, that's true. Because, as Lord Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita, Purusha Sukha Dukhanam Bhuktritvedi Guru Chitay. The man is the architect of his own fortune. The Sukha or Dukha that we experience, we ourselves are the cause, not the total cause. But We are instrumental in bringing about our own happiness, so-called happiness and distress in this material world. We get what we deserve. Swakarma Kala Bhukkuma, everyone enjoys or suffers the results of his previous activities. So reality 
is what we make it. To some extent that's true. If we consider that reality for me is enjoying my senses, most people don't even consider it because like animals, they just try to enjoy their senses. An animal doesn't think. What is the philosophy? When the dogs run around the streets at night, they're not discussing philosophy. They're just interested in enjoying their senses. So most human beings in the present age are not interested in philosophical understanding. Although previously in India, the whole population was dedicated to it. Everyone knew that there is a higher purpose to life than ahara nidra kaumaitu, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. At least that was prominent within the culture. Of course, there are philosophers who, so-called Vedic philosophers, who made an elaborate construct how to enjoy eating, sleeping, mating, and defending in a very elaborate way. But if, if we think about it and we come to the conclusion that, yeah, well, we should just we ask you, what is, what is your aim of life? Well, to just to enjoy myself. Enjoy the senses. So we can construct that reality. If we like to, for instance, eat a lot of meat, we can get the body of a tiger in the next life. We, we can create that reality. Of course, we're not fully creating it ourselves because material nature awards us the body of a tiger. It's not that we can just choose, I'd like to be a tiger, but it, it happens. It's a complex process. It's described in Srimad Bhagavatam. Karmana Daivanitrena Jantur Dehopakatriya. According to our, our karma, our activities, and daivanitrena, under the direction of the Supreme Lord and His representatives, we get different types of bodies. So you may think, well, I'd like to be a leader. This municipal elections are coming up, I think, all over India soon. So, so many people, are, they want to be a leader, but not everyone can be the leader. So, someone may desire to be the leader, but is not able to do so in this life, but he may get the opportunity in the next life. He may be, he has the desire to be the leader, and he's awarded that, according, he's awarded the position of a leader, but according to the complex, Karmic constructs that is made for himself, he may become a leader in heaven as the Indra, or he may become the leader of a pack of dogs in the street. He gets to be the leader, a strong desire to be a leader. So that may be fulfilled by the grace of material nature. But 
in various ways that we didn't consider. So, reality, to some extent we can say it's what we, what we make. Life is what you make of it. To some extent that's true. Although it's not that everyone who desires to be rich becomes rich. You can try hard, but it's not everyone. Why is that? Well, because one also has to have from a previous life the highest activities by which one can become rich in this life. So it's not everyone who tries to become rich becomes rich, but this, to some extent it's true that you make your own fortune. It may be in this, it may be that in this life you're trying to be rich all your life you're trying and then, but you don't succeed, but then in the next life you get the opportunity. So what is reality? Reality we often hear people say, well, to me, I think it's like this, or I think it's like that. And everyone sees the world through their own way of thinking. That's through, through the mindset that we have acquired. If one is born in a Islamic culture, one it's more likely that one will see everything in terms of what you're taught according to the in Islamic culture as it's widespread throughout the world today in many parts of the world it will be considered that Jews and Israel are very bad. Although if you're born in a Jewish family in New York City, you might think, well, Jews and Israel are very good. So both are thinking, both the Palestinians in Palestine and the Jews in Palestine, they see the same phenomenon, that of Jews. But one thinks very good and the other thinks very bad. Why? Because they have a different vision of what is right, what is real. The that Chandra Pandit says, the body of a beautiful woman is seen by the the same object is seen by an ordinary man as something desirable for sexual pleasure. And then a tiger may see it as desirable also, something nice to eat. And the tiger sees the same body as, as just a walking corpse. The same thing. Chalanda Shah. That what it says? Moving corpse. Chalte Hue Shah. Chalta Rekta. 
It's the same thing, but different people see it different ways due to their different concepts. What is that verse that I say? Shotram Chakshus Vasharam Chakram Dhanadeva Chakram that we get different bodies and we get every body, we get different, we get senses, sense of seeing, touching, hearing, smelling, tasting. I have, you have, the pig has, the pig has eyes, the dog has eyes, the snake has eyes, Indra has eyes, lots of us. But it's all, they're all centered around the mind. And according to the mind, we perceive the same objects differently. So to me, it seems reality. What is reality? Reality is. If you're sitting under a bunch of bombs being rained from the sky, that's, realistically speaking, that's very dangerous, isn't it? Srila Prabhupada was in that situation in the Second World War. Japan was bombing Calcutta, Japanese bombs. And his family members were calling, come to the safety of the air raid shelter. You don't know what air raid shelters are. <laughs> we used to have, in my childhood, we used to have the buildings that were built before or during the Second World War that was in London. So London was regularly bombed. They had air raid shelters. That means you could go underground and wait for it to be over. It's like a basement. You just sit there and hope the bomb doesn't fall on your house. So Prabhupada was called for that and they were calling, it's very dangerous, come, come, they come up and take prasada. He said, I thought the bombs, I thought this is Krishna in another form. So he didn't see it as dangerous. He thought if Nare Krishna, Rake Krishna, Nare Krishna wants to kill me, it's alright. Because I'm not the body. He didn't see it as dangerous because he didn't see himself as the body. So, Realistically speaking, to be bombed is dangerous. But if one has a different vision that I'm not the body and the bombs nothing to do with me, who am Atma, then it's not then on that that of understanding reality is not dangerous. So what is real? Ultimately what is real? What is reality? We say we're creating our own, you can create your own reality. You can imagine, I'm very happy in this material world. I shall become happy by working hard and getting a degree and getting a good job. I shall be happy, people will respect me. I'll have a big fancy car and a big house and I shall be happy. So we can construct that reality, maybe, 
And even if you do get all those things, you might be happy. Some people have a sense of happiness living among these things, although most people are not actually very happy. But even if one thinks, I am very happy in this situation, we find that the reality which we think, this is reality. Reality is, I'm, I'm here, I'm with my wife, I'm with my home, this is, this is reality. There's a, there was a song I remember hearing in my childhood by the... I only heard it once, but I remembered it because it was so egoistic by the famous egoist by the name of John Lennon. You may have heard his name. He's extraordinarily famous. Very famous and influential in the Western world. So he's sung this whole long song. He goes, he made it, he put it on a record album. It goes on for about 20 minutes. He goes on to a whole song saying, I don't believe in, and then, Jesus. I don't believe in Hitler. I don't believe the Bible. All the whole long list of everything he doesn't believe in. And at the end, he says, I just believe in me. This person's really in a big illusion. I remember thinking that. I've never heard of Krishna consciousness. And then the next line, he says, Yoko and me, that's reality. Yoko is the name of his wife. Shortly after she divorced him. She threw him out of the house for being a heroin addict. She kept his money, no doubt. So he says, this is reality. But then, when he was 40 years old, reality visited John Lennon in another way in the form of a bullet. Someone shot him dead. I remember that also. Television saw me three and he said, hey, John Lennon was shot dead. Okay. He even came in the newspaper in Bangladesh. So, so his reality, Yoko and me, and I'm, my wife and me, this is reality. So that was reality as he conceived it, but the reality, if he took the reality to be, be here now, that was one of the things, be here, just whatever's going on now, this is reality, but that reality is subject to change. And the change, as Mr. Lennon found out, was not very pleasant. It didn't come in a form that he might have desired. So reality in this material world, as Lord Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita, is Dukhalayam Ashashvata. Everything is miserable. And even if you think, well, I'm not miserable, everything's very nice. But your very nice situation is going to change. And you're going to have to take the body of sometimes a dog, sometimes a frog, sometimes a lizard, sometimes a snake. That's reality. 
Sometimes the fish, the other day we were down at Nautai, you see all the fishing boats, they go out. So the fish is reality, it's swimming around in the sea. And all of a sudden he's caught in a net, he couldn't imagine any such thing. He never imagined. He's born for the fish. The reality is there's a smaller fish to eat and a bigger fish to avoid because he's trying to eat these. Or sometimes the small fish eat the big fish also. You know that? The big fish, the huge big fish, and little fish come and take a little bite out of his big body. Then if the big fish can maneuver himself, he'll go around and swallow the whole little fish who is eating him. That's material work. So reality for the fish is swimming in the water, looking for little fish to eat and avoiding big fish, and all of a sudden there's a caught in the net. It's flapping on the boat, it's caught in the net. So the fish was thinking, very nice. But reality, the reality of his fishness, fish tucker, suddenly came to a, an unpleasant end. So that's there in every form of life. Everyone is thinking, it is very nice. Everything is very nice. I'm in Manipur. I'm going to get a degree, a good job, and earn lots of money and everything will be wonderful. So, however wonderful it is, the wonderfulness comes to an end. The medical students, they see so many deaths, and surprise, surprise, the death of their own body will come at some point also. Doctors should be more thoughtful. They see death all the time, but mostly they're not. Another vivid memory today is the memories of my past lecture. I was taking a devotee to the hospital. He had some, some minor accident in Bangkok. So we took him to the hospital. Some, I don't know, scratched his leg. Motorbike. So he went in the emergency department and there was someone, some body lying there, semi-conscious, moaning, covered in blood. Obviously it had been in some more serious accident than the devotee I was accompanying to the hospital. So there was a young, pretty nurse applying bandages and a young doctor standing there flirting with them. So neither of them seemed to be much interested in the patient, but they were interested in chit-chatting. You know time? They were very so they were very interested in each other's bodies without considering that the bodies of each other that they were very interested in were on the inside the same as that bloody body which they were was right in front of them. 
So even though they see the body is rather than that, probably the first thing all the medical students do in the first few days they're vomiting, is it? Were you vomiting when you were first a medical student? You felt like is it? You saw so many the new students, they all vomit and they do all the operations the on your face. You see and then after some time, you know, they bring in another car person, and, okay, put them in, make a note, and after some time, you, you, you get used to it. So what is reality? We consider this body to be reality, but it's not very pleasant, and it is certain to die. Need to all of us, certain to them. So what is ultimate reality? Philosophy means to understand reality. What is ultimate reality? Is there anything beyond this? Simply dying? Well, many people say no. When the body is finished, everything is finished. You don't know, but in the absence of anything which they would consider to be evidence to the contrary, they just presume that when the body dies, that's it. Everything's finished. What happens to you when your body dies? Do you know? You could sit down and listen. Hmm, got more important things to do. Hmm. came to get blessings from the God so that we could enjoy it. But the God happens to be the speaker of Bhagavad Gita, which we're discussing here. So we'll take the blessings from the God. It would be better to listen to what he says. What is ultimate reality? Well, what is the Vedic version of the, what is the nature of the ultimate reality? Of course there are many different statements. There's one I'm thinking of. Three words, each beginning with S. Anyone? Reality is Sat, Sat and Sat. Anyone? Satyam Shivam Sundaram, we've all heard it. Satyam is, well that means real, true. Shivam, auspicious or good, God is good. And Sundaram, beautiful. So this is the Vedic version. Some people conclude that reality is not, everything is bad. You see, we see death and we see suffering, so everything is bad. And then the ultimate is, the ultimate benefit we can do is just cease to exist. That's the conclusion of some people who don't have information. 
Om Bhagavad Gita philosophy that reality is satyam shivam sundaram. Well, you may say, where is that in Bhagavad Gita? It's only Upanishad. The Gita is the summation of all the Upanishads. So satyam means that which is real, that which is ever existing, that which is not subject to change. It's not something that we construct, but it's the eternal essence or nature of reality. That which is not changing. Because something which is ultimately real cannot be changed. If its reality is temporary, then it's not real in the really sense in the really in the real sense of the term. That's why we sometimes say this material world is not real. Well, it seems real. When you're hungry, it seems pretty real, doesn't it? We have a toothache. It's difficult to imagine. Everyone had a toothache? Everyone had the wonderful experience of a toothache? Actually, it is useful to know that it's not real. If you know I love this body, it helps a lot. I had a... I, I don't know, I had a... Here we go, a memory later. Severe toothache in the early part of the night in a place where there was no question of any medical treatment. So, I just had to tolerate it and I stayed awake all night because there was no question of sleeping. But then, and actually it was like... Three days later, I got to some medical. You know, I was awake. I didn't sleep. Severe toothache. So, but knowing that it's not really me, it helps a lot. Although it sure seems real. So it's real, but remembering that it's not me and that it's temporary is going to pass on. That helps tolerate what is what is real is that which eternally exists so in this material world we can say nothing is real in the ultimate sense of this the, the term because everything is always changing who is the big famous person today can become a dog tomorrow that was ascertained by one astrologer that one of the prime ministers of India later became a dog in Sweden. So this is going on. He's not his eternal situation is not as the Prime Minister of India. The situation changed. But that which is ultimately real doesn't change. Satyam. And Shiva is reality is the ultimate nature of reality, good or bad. Vedic knowledge says good. Shiva. Shiva we generally think Lord Shiva. But Sadashiva, who is always Shiva, who is always auspicious, that is actually a name of Vishnu. This Shiva, he oversees the Tamamun, 
of this material world. And he's also known as Bhutana. He oversees all the ghosts, the Pishaj, all these tamasic beings. So, and he, of course he's also concerned with the collide or the destruction of this material world. So, at least superficially, he's, connect, he's connected with things which are not Shiva, apparently. But he always remains Shiva. He always remains auspicious. But Sadashi means Lord Vishnu, who is Ishvaram Bhaktitei Param. He is beyond this material nature. He's not, Lord Shiva is involved in this material nature. And within this material world, he adds auspiciousness to it. But Lord Vishnu is not in connection with this material world. He doesn't get involved. So he is the ultimate auspicious person. And connection with him brings us to the position of all goodness. Reality is kind, ultimately. We make, we say we make our own reality, but that reality that we make based on our illusory understanding of what reality is, that is always unkind. But ultimate reality is to understand our position in relationship to Vishnu and his service. So that is always beneficial. That is always there's no inauspicious for one or another. For one who is on the path of Krishna consciousness, for him there's always Kalyana. There's, never, there's no question of Durga. He can never go down. He's always supported by Lord Vishnu. So Satyam Shivam and Sundaram Sometimes the impersonalist philosophers, they consider that ultimate truth is formless, but he is Sundaram. Kandarpa Koti Kamaniya Vishesha Shobham. He is beauty, he is beautiful. Ultimate reality is beautiful. What kind of beauty is that? More beautiful than all the beauty of this material world. The beauty of the, the attraction for beauty in this material world is impelled by karma day to impel lust. That same example, the young doctor and the young nurse, they're 
attracted by the beauty of each other's bodies, not considering that that bloody body or messed up body in front of them, their same, their beautiful bodies, it's composed of the same gunk that's sitting right in front of them. So the beauty of this material world is not beautiful. We are attracted to the bodies of the opposite sex, but then the he ass is attracted to the she ass. The male pig considers the female pig to be extraordinarily beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Beautiful pig. You know, to print a magazine, beautiful woman magazine, the Sydney Blitz, put a picture on your wall of Mrs. Pig standing on two legs, full view. We don't think it's beautiful, but the male pig will come looking off. It's a really, that's a great one. So this attraction for body is impelled by karma days, illusory attraction. But karma days is defeated by Jita Kandara, Krishna, who is inconceivably beautiful, not the beauty of blood and flesh. That is another way of describing reality, Satchidananda, Satchidananda Vigraham, Ishvara Paramakrishna Satchidananda Vigraham, the Supreme Controller is Krishna and his transcendental form is Satyam Shivam Sundaram Satchidanam, eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. So this, for those who are willing to accept that ultimate reality is Satyam Shivam Sundaram, those who are hopeful enough and idealistic enough, yeah, idealists, why not, why not consider that there's something better than life in this material world? There's a higher ideal than, than anything to be gained in this material world. If we consider what is there in this material world, if we survey everything in this material world, past, present, and what can be projected in future, then ultimately we see what is there. Birth, death, old age and disease. And what is the enjoyment? The senses interacting with their objects, touching, smelling, tasting, feeling, and then ultimately dying. Janma Mritya, birth and death, and in between struggle. Wherefore, Ahara Nidra Bhaya Maitu. 
eating, sleeping, hearing, which manifests as fighting, and death. Is there something beyond this? The Vedic knowledge tells us yes, Bhagavad Gita tells us yes. The message that the message of Bhagavad Gita is demonstrably can lift us to a higher platform of consciousness is there in the life of Madhvacharya, for instance. The genuine sadhus are proof of the Shastra statements because by following them their consciousness becomes higher. They're not affected. They're not affected. Suke, duke, They're not affected by the... Just like that example I say, Prabhupada, the bombs are dropping. And he's thinking, everyone's afraid. Bombs! It is frightening, If someone was to rush in here, well, you never know, it can happen any time in the modern world. The temples are becoming dangerous places. Someone could come in with a with bombs, grenades, that happened recently on Janmashtami, in our Iskon temple in Manipur, not Manipur, Manipur, the other, just the complete furthest away distance in India from here. Big crowd and all of a sudden <laughs> bombs going off. Devotees were killed. Visitors were killed. So we certainly find it a very frightening situation when we the Prabhupada was sitting among the bombs, thinking, this is Krishna's mercy in another way. Was he foolish? Some people would say so. But his very name, Abhai, fearlessness, that is the first manifestation of someone who is divine. Abhayam Satrasam Shudhir Jnana Yoga Vyavastiti Lord Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita the symptoms of a divinely situated person. The first is Abhayam. Satrasam Shudhir Purification of his existence. He's interested in purification. Just the opposite of degradation. The modern age People are interested in degradation. Manipal is a place where people come to become qualified in degradation. How to become more degraded. So Sattva-Samshutihi, situated in, or in, or endeavoring for purification of one's existence. Jnana Yoga Vyavastiti, knowing what is reality. So for those who are fortunate enough to come in contact with devotees of Krishna who experience the reality of Krishna, who is the Supreme Lord, Satyam, Shivam, Sundaram. He is the eternal reality, eternally good. Everything, if we come in contact with Krishna, then everything becomes 
good, everything becomes uh, ultimate benefit. And Krishna is very beautiful in all his
But at the same time, um, we can't get free from the various illusions that bind us in this material world unless they are cut by hearing. Sadhu means one who cuts, like stated in the Bhagavatam itself, by Lord Krishna. What is that verse? Uh, Satodu Sangamutraja Satsu Sajaja Buddhima Santa Ivasya Chinganti Manovya Sangamukti Bihi. He says that understanding or having some understanding that this material world is simply a place of suffering, we an intelligent person should associate with Sadhu who cut our attachments to this material world by their words. So we, requ we require to be disabused of our misconceptions and to understand Krishna, who is actually Krishna. Otherwise, we can see maybe some Mahabharata TV show. We won't understand Krishna from that. We may think, yes, yes, I know about Krishna. But we won't understand unless we hear from Tattva Darshi, those who see Krishna Tattva. In India, more or less, we can say people know something about Krishna. But what do they, what, most people have never taken the trouble to really try to understand Krishna as he presents himself in Shastra. So their ideas are something mixed up with what they heard from their grandmother maybe. What they read in Amar Chitra Katha. What they saw on TV. Some meat acting as Krishna. And then what they heard from they heard some some so-called sadhu himself doesn't know who is Krishna, but he's expert at talking in various concocted ways. So people may think they know about Krishna, they're doing bhakti, but they're not. Just like we say to chant Hare Krishna, we say in Shastra says. But how should we chant? There are so many the followers of this Sai Baba who is a complete nonsense rascal. Who is a very extremely simple person. Not a joke. I'm not making a joke. It's not something you can smile about. It's a fact. He's a complete demon and a rascal because he allows himself to be worshipped as if he's Bhagavan. And somehow he's getting shakti from Bhagavan to do that because many people foolishly believe that. So but his so-called followers, they also chant Hare Krishna. But their chanting Hare Krishna will never bring them to love of Krishna because they are thinking that he is Krishna. So every time they say Hare Krishna, they go further away from Krishna by making the offense of thinking that this rascal is Krishna. 
So that's not actual, that, that pronunciation of the words Krishna, that is not the chanting of Hare Krishna that Rupa Goswami describes. I desire millions of thumbs and millions of ears to hear that chanting. That is not the, that chanting of the name of Krishna. Actually the name of Krishna is Krishna, but Krishna is not forced to manifest himself on the tongues of sinful people. So one can actually chant when he receives the name of Krishna from devotee who is in the parampara connected to Krishna, who will explain to us, or not who, or there may be many, who explain to us who is Krishna. And that explaining is not just, it's not something, it is not exactly like hearing in your college course. But that is transcendental sound, which vidyate vidyagantis chijante sarvasamshayaha, that has the effect of piercing the knot of material attachments in the heart and, and leaving all misconceptions about Krishna. So, hearing is essential. If we simply work in the world, we perform other activities without hearing, then our devotional service will not mature. On the other hand, if we simply become bookworms and think that we can understand everything about Krishna simply through some academic process by becoming a big pundit, that also won't have effect. So the, the Shastra teaches us that we should serve Krishna in various ways. Shravan is the first, then Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svanam, Pahavasevanam, Arjanam, Vandanam, various ways to serve Krishna. By doing that in a manner prescribed by Shastra, which we also have to hear about you also have to learn from Shastra how to serve Krishna. Then by doing that, by this combination of hearing about Krishna, chanting the names of Krishna and the glories and qualities of Krishna and engaging in his service, then Atashi Krishna Rama Krishna manifests himself to one who becomes eager to serve him. But again, the eagerness to that service should be there, but that eagerness to serve him is based on the mm, clear understanding of Krishna that comes from hearing about him, from authorized sources. So, hearing and chanting and serving, that should go on. It's, we have the process of Bhakti Yoga is given by Rupa Goswami. So what's the that's uh, Guru Padashayat Tasmat Krishna Dikshadi Shikshanam Vishram Hena Guru Seva. It begins with first of all getting the right association. We can't properly perform devotional service unless we are connected, unless we are in association of proper devotees. So then one has to uh, take shelter, a 
Guru who can guide one, one has to take Guru Padashraya Sajma, Krishna Diksha, one is initiated and takes Shiksha. Krishna Dikshadi, Shikshanam, Diksha, and then there are so many processes. One is engaged in devotional service. So one takes Shiksha, how to serve Krishna. Then Guru Seva, one serves the Guru, and the Guru directs how to serve Krishna. So there are so many processes. These are the initial processes described by Rupa Goswami. He goes on to describe there are so many serving Tulsi, serving the deity, Parikrama of the deity, Kirtan, serving devotees. There are 64 basic processes described. Of which hearing among the five processes which are considered most essential, hearing is one. So that should never be. Then, any other question? Krishna Bhakti gives, gives benefit in after death, before death. Krishna Bhakti gives benefits after death in this life and gives benefit in previous lives also. How is that possible? Any suggestions? How is it possible it gives benefit in previous lives? Yeah, but that's experience now, isn't it? Previous life sins being washed away now is experience now. Well, it gives benefit to ancestors previous to us, those who are materially connected with our bodies. They also get benefited wherever they may be. There may be some dog running around here who was our great-grandfather. And by your chanting Hare Krishna, he gets benefit. So Krishna consciousness is eternally auspicious. Shubhada. Vaishagni Shubhada. From the very beginning of Krishna consciousness, there is a destruction of causes of suffering, of suffering and auspiciousness gives auspiciousness. So it's all auspicious. That's how Prabhupada translates that in the lecture of the book. Krishna consciousness is all auspicious. And he describes it's not just auspicious. Krishna consciousness is not just beneficial for me or for the performer, but it's beneficial for everyone, for the whole world. Just by a devotee being in the world, he benefits it so much. There's so many big organizations, UNESCO, UNICEF, Red Cross, Red Crescent, so many organizations which are meant to benefit the world. A neophyte devotee ringing the bell in the temple, ding, 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 does more benefit to the world than millions of Manipal doctors. 
Well, there are millions, yeah. Two lakhs. They're advertising more than two lakhs. What's that word? Alumni. So it gives more benefit to the world, even materially. Krishna consciousness is so beneficial. Of course, materialistic people can't understand this. What's the practical benefit? Ringing the bell, and I'm doing something practical. I'm making abortions, doing things for benefiting human society, keeping the population down. Yeah. They think like that. Some years ago, someone introduced to me that this is our new life member. He's, a, he's from Dalap Sampradaya. He's a doctor. So I asked him, what kind of doctor? He said, I'm a gynecologist. I said, that means you're doing abortions, isn't it? He said, yes, I run an abortion you are Valab Sandra, that means you are a pure vegetarian. Of course. And every day he's killing babies. So I took him up on the point and said, No, actually, no, we're helping people. We're helping society by killing babies in the womb. So. Ultimately, no one can benefit anyone else on the material platform. The, the propaganda that we're helping others, tsunami victims, feed them, give them new houses so that they can go out and catch some more fish and kill them, which is why they, which is why tsunamis happen in the first place. Help the poor, help the blind, help the lame, help the this, help the that. There are so many problems in the material world. There are organizations, cancer research organization. Bill Gates is going to wipe out malaria in Africa. Try, Bill Gates, Kijai. And then people are going to stop suffering. If malaria is eradicated in Africa, then you know they've got AIDS, they've got what else, doctor? Come on, tell us. Give us a list. Pneumonia, not much in Africa. There's some tsu-tsu, some disease, something like that. Sleepy, you get all sleepy. There's another malaria, uh, mosquito-born disease. Well, whatever it may, there's so many diseases. And even if you remain healthy throughout your whole life, strong, healthy, anyway, you have to die. So, ringing the bell in the temple of Krishna, Krishna is pleased. So, that brings more benefit to the world. Yasmin Tushtejaka. Yasmin Tushtejaka That, just by Krishna's being pleased, that gives more benediction to the world than any amount of so-called welfare work, which cannot ultimately benefit anyone. Rather, this so-called welfare work, it's actually harmful to the world. By advertising that we're helping people, 
without giving them knowledge of their ultimate auspicious situation in Krishna consciousness, we're simply increasing the illusion. We're adding to the illusion that one can be happy in this material world and that this material world is a place to enjoy. So all these welfare organizations, they're actually doing great harm to the world. But because people are foolish and they think that, yes, we should enjoy ourselves in this material world. Therefore they think it's very good and they think that Krishna consciousness is a waste of time. It's due to foolishness. And that's why we are attempting to preach Krishna consciousness, so that people can be delivered from this foolishness. This is welfare work. So you can come and join, forget all your careers bright future. What's your bright future? Bright future is this much in the newspaper. That you'll get. Or if you're a big shot, this much. Or if you're in a big shot, if you're a big shot and you get shot, then it'll come all over the world, like John Lennon. He was a really big shot who got shot. Otherwise, this much. And if you're a, if you're a street sweeper, you don't even get that much then some welfare organization will come and cremate your body there's no one else to do it. You can take out life insurance so that when you die, death insurance, they should actually call it death insurance, but it's euphemistically called life insurance because you're going to die anyway. So when then you, your life insurance means that your family doesn't go bankrupt when they cre cremate you. They have, a, they have a little something to marry off your daughter. Then they'll go completely bankrupt. They should make marriage insurance. That's a good, that's a good one. Insure against marriage. Because everyone goes bankrupt with their marriage. Want to start a business? So, bright future, we offer a good job, very good job we are offering, long hours, every day the shift starts, yours starts about 2 o'clock, inspired by you, I'm starting about 2.30 this morning, late is 4 o'clock in the morning, every day, no holidays, long hours, hard work and no pay. We have jobs for everyone. You can come and join. Anyone like to join? Long hours, hard work, no pay, no holidays. No cinema, no boozing, no girlfriends, no fashions, only one fashion. This is it. Anyone like to join? What do you get? Okay, come. Get him. Okay. Sorry we can't shave you tonight. We'll do it tomorrow morning. Okay, shave him up tomorrow morning. What is the pay that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says? Betan. Wages. Betan more dear, framed hum. Love of Krishna. That is the pay. 
That is, what the kid buys, what do you get? What do you get? What's in it for me? What's the benefit? You go looking for a job. What's the benefit? What's the, what do I get out of it? They wants to see. What do I get? How much pay? What are the perks? The, the company gives you... You can, you can use the company swimming pool in the three hours a week they give you off work. Well, three hours per year you can use the company swimming pool. And free medical treatment. When you get sick from working 26 hours a day, then they give you free medical treatment so you can get back to work as soon as possible. What a wonderful company. I love our company. In Japan they used to have factories where every morning, I don't think they still do it, they'd come and they'd sing the glories of the company. They'd do Kirtan, Sanyo Kirtan, Sony Kirtan, Nakamichi, Yamaha. How these companies became big because the, the people were dedicated. I love my company. So we should love Krishna. Come and work for Krishna. Krishna will not cheat us. Krishna gives us the real life insurance. Going to Krishna's abode. And whatever else you do doesn't matter. You work for the best company. Multinational company. People proudly say, I'm working for a multinational company. Very proud. I'm working for... You don't even know who your boss is. And even if you happen to know what his name is, there's no chance of ever meeting him. He's some meat-eater, drunkard and womanizer somewhere in the world. And you're proud. I'm, I'm working. Work for Krishna. Krishna's the transcendental womanizer. His womanizer is purified by hearing about Krishna's pastimes with the gopis we become purified. And if we try to do it ourselves, like you're in the call center. Call center meaning more abortions. Call center is a good business for the gynecologists. So that womanizing means pretty much yatkatana nivartante tadhama nichamam to go to the deepest hell, never to return. So better work for Krishna. So many lives we've given to Maya. In one life I was a pig, chasing around after the most beautiful pig in the world. Miss, Mrs. Pig. Miss Pig. There's no marriage, so she's Miss. She's an unmarried mother. Lying, lying in the stool at night thinking, Mrs. Pig, tomorrow maybe, I'll come to her, I'll, I'll offer her some, I'll get some fresh stool and offer it to her, maybe she'll become, maybe she'll become inclined to me. But there's that other pig who's also trying to get her. Turn this way, lying at night thinking, if only I could get that, 
One time I was a pig. One time I was an ant running around looking for pieces of sugar. One time I was a camel. In the desert, in the heat, with someone beating me, walk in the desert. And then after, when I became old, he cut my very long throat and made me into camel soup. One time I was a fish swimming in the water and a big fish gulped me out. Gulped me down. One time I was Indra. So many lifetimes I've had. Now I have the opportunity to engage in Krishna's service. Get out of this nonsense situation. So you can take it. Otherwise, there's plenty of opportunity to again become a pig, a dog, a camel, an Indra, a Brahma, a worm in stool. Unlimited opportunity. Maya has unlimited opportunities. The end result is birth, death, old age and disease. And Krishna has unlimited opportunities. And the end result is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. The other day I was giving a lecture, where is that, in Goa, and I, I just mentioned how all the religions, uh, they are just people pervert them, and I mentioned how in Christianity, the first 300 years, all the Christians were vegetarians, and they believed in vegetarianism, and they believed in reincarnation, but then it got spoiled. And three is going. So three young men got up and walked out. I didn't say anything. That's all I said, right? And they they walked out. They couldn't get, they considered it blasphemy, even though it's true. So presumably they were Christians from Christian background, who somehow or other came to our satsang. What is that? Sach Bale Tomare Lati. Jut Jagate Mohai. Prabhupada sometimes quoted. If you speak the truth, then people come and beat you. And if you lie and talk nonsense, then people say, Oh, wonderful. So you see, we're here, we're attempting to speak the truth. Not many people come. This Ravi Shankar rascal, complete rascal. All nonsense, cheating people and charging their money for it too. I saw, he wrote, there was some interview, my aim of life is to put a smile on everyone's face. What a rascal, what a cheater. His duty as a sadhu is to tell everyone that there's no happiness in this material world. But his aim is that feel happy now. He's a complete cheater. There are so many of them. 
very popular. If you cheat people, you'll become very popular. Coca-Cola, simply cheating. There's nothing good in any way about Coca-Cola. Neither is it good for health. And the last time I drank it, which was about 35 years ago, it didn't taste very good and probably is not tasting any better now. And you have to spend money, which you work hard, to pay for that. But they're advertising and people are purchasing it. Just cheating. That's all. There's nothing of any benefit in Coca-Cola whatsoever. But people, oh, Coca-Cola. Ah, okay. And they drink it and they buy it. They like to be cheated. People like to be cheated. This is the foolish situation of the world. Satyana Sandhya, one should be eager to understand what is the truth. So, anything else? So, like to do kirtans, not kirtans. Books, your own study, all kinds of things which have no real benefit. Take some books, real benefit you can get. There's so many books, Prabhupada's books. Bhagavad Gita as it is, you should all read this. Shravana Kirtana Koro Anukhan Asatva Pachala Chari Kohe Premananda Manusha Janama Shokola Korona Bhari. You should go on continuously hearing and chanting about Krishna. Give up all nonsense talk. Having attained this rare human birth, we should immediately, Turanamyatated, without delay, take to Krishna consciousness, which is for our ultimate benefit. Turanamyatated anapatet anumritta yavan before we 